But anyway, they want to sell to Helen Carsten. Um, long story short, um, they just wanted less money for the same place. Um, so we got the place. And then uh, a few years later, we were praying for this old, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, workshop. Yeah, workshop. Um, and we had no money, so we really need to pray. And long story short, somebody, I don't know who, but somebody, maybe you're here, <laughs> uh, wrote us, we'd like to transfer 400,000 so we can buy this place. And then we got it for 325. So we actually managed to um, to build some things and to make it uh, what we think is very nice. Um, so we, we have just seen God uh, being so faithful, even through uh, pains and through all kinds of uh, stuff. Uh, but we see it again and again and again that God is faithful, and it's it is really an ad ad adventure to uh, to plant church. And um, yeah, I think that would be for now. Um, and I will come back and share some more later. Was it fine? Yeah, yeah. Oh, look at that. So I will try to. Are you uh, awake? Yes. Yes. Ready for a little. Uh, 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 I, I will try to do. I'm not very good at it, but I will try to be a little bit theoretical. So a little bit of theory behind church planting. Does it? Welcome. Hi. Very nice. With more people. So, but uh, does it have to be locked? So, uh, my name is Helle, uh, I am also from Copenhagen Vineyards, uh, originally, but originally I'm actually from this little island. Do you know where this little tiny island is? East of, east of Denmark. But anyways, uh, I was... Um, I was not, my, my, my family was not uh, a part of the church, but I was very lucky. I was invited into a church as a child. And um, I, I met Jesus, I, I, I uh, came to faith, but um, the painful experience I had in that uh, church was that I was never really feeling that I was a part of the fellowship. You know, you can be like a, a keep being uh, like um, um, somebody standing looking <laughs> into a fellowship. Have you tried that? You know, some some people, this is my husband. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, you can, you can uh, be a part of a fellowship, but not really a part of a fellowship. So I felt a little bit like a, a, an alien. I was different. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. I felt like an alien because I was different from them. And I tried really, really hard to be a part of that fellowship, that family feeling, but I just didn't succeed. And it, it hurt me so much that uh, when I became a teenager, I just was angry and I slammed the door and I did not want anything to do with, uh, with uh, church. 
I didn't even say hi to them on the streets, and then we went partying, didn't we? <laughs> Me and Julia, she was actually in my, my class back then. So uh, when I came back to, to, to Jesus when I was in my 20s, I came back to Jesus because I missed God in my life. I just felt so empty. I, uh, I, uh, I found out, you know, uh, I don't have to, uh, I can connect directly to God. And uh, then I moved to Copenhagen and I became a part of Copenhagen Vineyard, uh, Fleming and Anna just planted it. And I felt for the first time I was a part of the fellowship, you know, I was a part of the family. I really felt accepted. I felt I'm, I'm as um, much a part of this as anybody else. And it really touched my heart and it healed that wound. But I'm just telling that story because it's a part of my um, kind of, uh, it has shaped me. It's so important that for any kind of church, a church plant or a church to be including, to really be welcoming it, new people. Also people that are different from us. Because it's really painful and it's hurting if you say, oh, welcome, but you're not really becoming friends, you know. Oh, we can be friends, but not really, you know. So, so to really mean it, if you, if you are part of the church, a church plant or anything, to really uh, um, pay that price to include new people, any, any new people. So um, I also think that that has uh, done something to, to this church plant that we are part of, that when we, our motto is, will du være med? Do you want to join us? Uh, somehow, we really want to mean it, you know, we really mean it. But um, that's a little bit about me. I want to talk about how you define a church plant. What is a church plant? Uh, because I think already asking that question, the, the answers could be different. Uh, some people would say a church plant is a fresh church, and like a a church where you can start over again and maybe get rid of some of the old-fashioned stuff like the psalms or the you know something like that. What is a church plant? And I would define church plant as uh, evangelism that results in new churches. So it's not a church and then you try to put people into it. You start evangelizing. You, you start like Paul, you know. He went somewhere. He shared the gospel. He found people, you know, where are they? What's relevant for these people? And then he shared the gospel. Some of them came to faith. That was a church. Uh, and um, and uh, if you see uh, the, the Great Commission, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey Everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the end, to the very end of the age. You know, Jesus is sending us out to share the gospel. And when needed, make a church. So, uh, church planting is evangelism that results in churches. And it's so important uh, to really be thinking of how do we define a church plan before we even start. Because if you, uh, because uh, the, 
your definition of a church plant will always result in how you prioritize your finances, how you prioritize your time, your energy, what programs should you start. Um, if, you, if you go somewhere and you think, okay, here's a lot of Christians without a church for some reason, you can start a church that is focusing on to invite those people. And that will, do you know what I mean? They are already Christians. What do they need? They need, you know, something that they feel secure about, maybe a certain way of doing Sunday services, a certain way of doing worship, a certain way of doing teaching. That's what they need. But if you, if you define church plans like this, evangelism that results in new churches, that will mean something to your priorities, your way of uh, <laughs> spending your your finances. For instance, we have often been laughing of what silly things that we have been spending money on. For instance, we were buying very early a, a, a mascot, an expensive mascot. It's a crocodile. Or is it a... Yeah, it is a crocodile. You know, why spend a lot of money on a crocodile? Well, because of course children like crocodiles. <laughs> so if you want to meet them, you know, you need to, you need, you need to invest in something that they like, uh, because uh, children outside the church they just they, they don't just show up at all. You know, you need a crocodile. You need some somebody who is really good at doing balloons, <laughs> balloon swords and hats and so on. You need to be where they are. You know. You need to go to that square on, on your, in your town or wherever they are and meet them and see what do they think is fun, what do they like, what's their needs, what's their parents' needs, um, and, and then prioritize that. We have done much more outreach and compassion work than we have done Sunday services, much more, because we need to share the gospel and people need to come to faith before we can do you know sunday services and leaders leadings and i don't know what and i have to just be honest with you it has been a struggle for me to have patience because this kind of do uh, church planting is you know you have to be so patient it's always three steps forward two steps back you know, three people are coming in, two people are leaving, you know, all the time. It's not a quick way of growing. Uh, but um, I find it very difficult. So uh, the Great Commission is uh, telling us to do disciples. And uh, it actually doesn't say plant churches, but we know if you want to do disciples, once people have come to faith, they need a church to grow in, they need small groups, they need, what do you call it, discipleship group, uh, and so on, to actually really mature in faith. Um, okay, so now I want to say something about a paradigm shift. Are you awake? Did you have coffee? Because this is a little, little bit theoretical. Um, you know, um, uh, through the years, People have um, read stuff in Bibles in the Bible 
differently. And um, there has been, in history, different paradigms. Um, so uh, we intre- I go. I just go through this. Can you see? Yeah. We interpret scripture through the hermeneutics. That's um, uh, the way you will interpret uh, a, a text. A lens of our paradigms, which are shaped by our background and early experience. So when you read your Bible, if you are from a church background, you will have all this, you know, thinking in your in your mind when you read the Bible, and when you think about church, and when you think about church plant, and when you think about small group, and so on. Paradigms are very resilient. That means, you know, they just is stuck with you and reinforced by community affirmation. So, you can sit in a church and be affirmed in your way of thinking and reading the Bible. But they change due to crisis when they are seen to be no longer working. So, you read your Bible in one way and you do church in one way until there's a crisis. When there's a crisis, you just need to... um, to, to rethink. We only rethink when it's painful, don't we? Uh, and um, uh, one example is uh, James reading Amos. You know, Luther, he also had to have a paradigm shift because the Catholic way of doing church was just not working. You know, it was painful. He needed another paradigm. He started to read the Bible and uh, and uh, we are very thankful he did that. We are now seeing a new ecclesiological uh, uh, crisis. Do you know that? We are in the middle of a, an ecclesiological uh, was that okay? Uh, crisis. We are. I'm, I'm, me, I'm, I'm very serious about this crisis. You know, if you are looking at the numbers, you are talking about it as well. It's just going down. It's going down. 40 years ago, even on our island, there were so many churches. And it's just shrinking. And um, uh, so we are in the middle of a crisis. Okay? One more. Many Europeans are proud of it. Some think it's too bad. However, both agree Europe is a secularized continent. Uh, uh, You know, we have no religion anymore. Europeans do not go to church anymore, they do not believe in God anymore, and they, they do not seem to be religious at all. So all this paradigm shift, you know, all this, how the world, how our countries work, how we um, think, you know, our society, we need to be aware of it. Because if we are just, you know, uh, uh, not looking at it, that the church will just continue to shrink. So we need to open our eyes and see, okay, this is the situation. The church is really going rapidly down. So I will now introduce a new paradigm. Is it okay? Yes. Okay, so this is a typical ecclesiology. This is the traditional kirke of movemental kirke, uh, that is, uh, not in the base, in the kirke, it is in the base. 
øh, ligesom en, øh, ligesom en øh, hvad hedder det, miljøbevægelse eller en MeToo-bevægelse. But uh, anyways, so so see if you can recognize this. It, typical ecclesiology inherited uh, from Christendom. You know, you just give your faith on to your child, and the child will pass it on, pass it on, pass it on. You know, like the hair color. Uh, it's uh, you're brought up in church. Um, and um, this is the way we do it. We don't think too much about it. We just pass it on and on and on. Did you notice now when every church went online uh, that I was just thinking when I was, you know, looking at all the churches in Denmark on YouTube, they all look alike. Yeah. You know, yeah. they do the same stuff. All of them, they sing the same songs. <laughs> they have the same. Um, Liturgy, yeah, I mean the, the yeah. trendy churches, they all have the same liturgy, you know, they copycat each other. Um, <clears throat> but a movemental ecclesiology, that is a more emerging from who is Christ, what did, you know, who, uh, what did Christ say? It's, this is led by a pastor here. Everybody gets to faith. Remember, John Wimper said that. Yes. So it's uh, some is apostles, some is some are pastors, some are evangelists, some are shepherds, some are teachers. Everybody gets to faith. You know, everybody's important, not just the pastor on the pulpit, in the pulpit. Um, this is professional ministry. Somebody has been going to the seminar for years and years. Here, everybody is in ministry. Uh, pulpit teaching, you know, one man speaking to 200 people. This is more interactive, participatory learning. Small groups, networks over. You know, everybody contributes. Everybody says something that is really important. Everybody can pray for each other. Carsten, he has a discipleship group. You are part of that unit. And uh, they are just three people, or I don't know, uh, a few people, and, you know, learning from one another, discipling one another. Um, it's about, in Danish we say, medvandre, you know, walking together through life, sharing more than uh, monologue from a pulpit. Um, so this is a, a static right? hierarchical structure uh, like a business you know there's a CEO and, and so on this is a flat dynamic structure you know uh, of course somebody is responsible but it's not so important with the power uh, maybe that's why people are not selling churches I don't know uh, this is Slow and expensive to reproduce, you know. If, if a really professional church has to reproduce, wow, you have to fundraise. Don't you? Yeah. Huh. Just to rent the room, it's thousands and thousands of kroner. Um, salaries, 
and you need if you want to if you want to reproduce a professional church you need transfer growth you need somebody who is tithing and that's a problem you know because if you need people who tithe that is not new believers so you need to do church in a way that transfer growth mature Christians like. That's the problem. Isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Luckily, we went somewhere so small that we couldn't do this. <laughs> that was God's mercy. Um, yeah, any part can any part be reproduced. I mean, if some if something is working, just reproduce it. You know, you can just copy it. If some way of doing small group works, people are coming to faith, then we can just copy it. It doesn't cost a lot of money. It's just very easily in that way. Um, this is this is uh, run by or powered by power and attraction. Uh, this is more vulnerability and service. You know, Jesus washed the feet. And Jesus washed our feet. Uh, it's not so much what's in it for me. Can I be something? Will I shine? It's more like, you know, uh, can I pray for you? you know, can I help you? That kind of way. And of course, this is enlargement and this is multiplication. There's a big difference. Big, big difference about multiplication and, uh, and, and uh, enlargement. It's like, uh, if you picture it, it's like this is a big tree with lots of branches. This is more like grass, you know, coming up all over. It's a, it's a different way of thinking growth. Okay. Uh, and we, uh, a few months ago, we had a visit from a, um, uh, somebody from Copenhagen, not Copenhagen Vineyard, but somebody who has a calling to church plant. And she said, um, Emma, and she said, um, ah, this is really another way of thinking what you're doing, because I thought that I was going to plant my own church, you know, take my old church and then plant it somewhere else. But now I see, I need to go where I'm called and find out, you know, what's going on here? Where, where are these people? How, what is God doing in these people's lives already? And how can I participate in that? How can I, you know, support that? Uh, that's, that's a totally other way of doing it, you know. Um, so what is very important about this, I found out because I had many nights awake and tears and feeling sorry for myself is that you have to really be aware of this difference. Because if you have if you do this but you expect this, then you will be really disappointed. Um, so be aware of what is a success. If a success in your head is a Sunday service that is really, you know, that is, you know, big and professional, 
you will be very, you will have a hard time being in this, uh, <laughs> in, 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 in this uh, uh, movement ecclesiology. So, um, uh, when I go somewhere and meet pastors, I do that now and then, they, and they find out that we are planting church, they always ask uh, two questions. Do you know what it is? Yeah. How many are you at the Sunday service? <laughs> can you sustain? Uh, you know, can you support yourself financially? Yeah. They don't ask how many people met Jesus. They don't. Uh, they, they don't ask. You know, uh, what is God doing in your church plans? They always ask this, and I, I and and I'm, you know, saying, uh, well, uh, 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 <laughs> it's not going so well financially, and it's and and you know, Sunday services. We don't even have it every Sunday, um, but, uh, uh, yeah. But you're impacting the community. Uh, we try, yeah. we try. So, um, I just want to go on with uh, <coughs> two small videos uh, with people who have been interns and just uh, sharing their uh, thoughts. The love has Okay. Maybe you've seen it before. If so, I'm I apologize. My name is Teresa and my husband and I decided to be So any questions? Comments? My husband and I have long been driven by a desire for our lives to be meaningful. We want to do something good with our time. We don't want to just end up in this hamster wheel of making money so that we can buy stuff that won't even make us happy in the end. I believe that my relationship with God is the greatest gift in my life. And I love to share that gift with others so they can get to know Jesus as well. So I've done short-term missions in Mexico, in Myanmar, and in South Africa. But I've realized, being here in Bonholm, that it is definitely also possible to do short-term missions in secularized Europe. I wouldn't say that I felt this specific calling from God to go to Bonholm. It was more like it felt really exciting what was going on over here, really reaching out to people who does know Jesus. And then I knew that Hela and Carsten are really inspiring leaders that I would love to follow and learn from them. So our thought as a little family was we have this one year before our oldest daughter starts school. So what if we took this one year out of the calendar and went to Gwyneth and tried to be a part of this church plan, both for us to like, see what is this about, for us to grow and definitely also for us to help with as much as we can because this is really an important work they're doing here. I'm so glad we did it, that we went here. Imagine being a part of a community where the vast majority have only just started their journey with Jesus and new ones are regularly coming in the door and wanting to know more about Jesus. It's just so affirming for my faith that I get to see other people actually choosing this. 
being a part of this church plan has given me a renewed experience that I am really needed in God's kingdom. It's just so clear here that the harvest is great, but the work is a few. There are so many people wanting to know more, and the only needed thing is people to actually tell them and include them in the fellowship. I've always been very active with church work, but as we started having children, I also withdrew from a lot of it because I might as well just pass it on to someone else with more time. But being here, suddenly there's just this great need for me that uh, that I can actually do something and, and I can feel that it actually energizes me. It gives me more meaning to my life than just spending another evening in front of a screen. A great experience for me in this church plan was our arrival here. They had the red carpet rolled out for us and they made a barbecue and they just really made us feel loved and valued from day one. And it, it means a lot when you actually left your family behind and you don't know that many people that you feel like you're part of this new family from day one. And it's been like that all the way around in the church. Like people have been really welcoming and now we get to be a part of it. And when new people come in, we get to show them that they're loved and they're valued and that they have a place in this community as well. We came here to get inspired, and we certainly have been inspired. I would really recommend this journey to anyone out there who's, who have the same thoughts as us, like wanting to try more with Jesus, or yeah, just go. It's so much fun, you learn so much. We really loved it. Do you want to see one more? That was so powerful that you rolled out a red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah, but I can also understand that you do that for every person. Yes. <laughs> if you come, we will do it. You know what I'm saying? Like you feel yeah, 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 yeah. But that's true. It's such a beautiful way of honoring. Yeah. So this is a little short one. My name is Mirko. I'm 23 years old. And uh, I joined the church plant of Rona Vineyard because uh, I heard many good things from it through OM. And... Uh, the main thing that I really enjoyed is uh, I saw a video where two members uh, shared that they need a lot of Christians because they have so many new believers and they need people who can disciple these people. And uh, this motivated me so much to come over to Bornholm to see what is actually happening because it's not so common that we see a church who needs Christians to disciple so much. When we gather in small groups, I really feel the need of being there. It's uh, really helpful. Uh, I can answer a lot of questions, and uh, it's really basic things that these people here need, but it's really good to be here, because I feel that I can make a difference in people's lives. And it's very special for me to be here, and uh, I enjoy uh, talking with people. Even though I don't speak Danish, I try my best to learn Danish. And, uh, people speak some English so we can have a, actually good conversation with each other and it's really good the net group uh, concept because people can be open to be here and ask any sort of question and feel welcome. For me it's been a pleasure to be here in the Hanne Vineyard and I want to encourage you to join if you want to see a different way to live church where it's not about Sundays but about every day and about personal relationships to each other and growth. Oh, and that's because I'm also doing a bit there. Um, okay, but then come as a today. Yeah.
Okay. So, um, uh, so this was just, um, um, I, I just uh, tried to uh, just share uh, something about, you know, the, the whole the whole idea of what church planting is, you know, uh, instead of just uh, diving into it, because we have, if you have been going to church for many years, we have such a strong concept, and we need to kind of uh, go go back to, to the Bible and also really find out what is this for me, what is it about, uh, and maybe I have to think totally different about it, uh, because... Um, if you're not really thinking that through, you will end up like me, uh, struggling with different things, uh, like uh, disappointments or, you know, um, you can also start a, 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 a church somewhere and after three years, there's only, you know, uh, transfer growth people coming in, you know, you haven't seen one single person read Jesus. That's also very, very sad. Um, so. So uh, that was just a little bit about that. And now, Casper. Yeah, did I? Hey? No? Okay, there's just one word about this. Plant the church that is not the church that will be, you know. <laughs> um, after one year, what did we have? What did we have? Julia just came to faith after she was one of the first ones. Uh, instead of, you know, thinking about some kind of, you know, Copenhagen Vineyard concept church, be the church that is here right now, you know. If you have one new believer or two new believers, invest in them instead of being somewhere else in your thoughts. So. Uh, plant the church that is with those people that God has given you, you know. I didn't know when we came to to Rønne that, for instance, a lot of people in our church is uh, mentally handicapped. I, we have a small group with only mentally handicapped people. You know, that was not the plan, but that is the church that is, you know. This is the people that God has given us. Uh, and uh, and we are church together with them. Uh, so so um, uh, it don't don't be stuck in some you know uh, very you know uh, clear picture of this church is going to be like this. Mm -hmm. Be the church that is there uh, uh, that you have. Shout it, Casper. You probably have heard this, uh, keep your eyes up numbers and have fun while doing it. Oh, right? It's, it's, it's the thing you say in the, in the vineyard. Um, and I've heard it so many times and we're trying, we've been trying to uh, experience what would that look like for us in, in Rønne. Um, and I think I'll go mostly into uh, have fun while doing it. Um, and I'll try to do it short. Um, but if you look at this picture, this is from the very, very early days, um, before we had a, even an office. Uh, this is on uh, in the library, where we uh, was able to have a room. Pella and Carsten don't even have a house uh, on one home at this place. They were living in a cabin on the other side of the island. And yes, 30 kilometers is far, far away. <laughs> uh, 
it, it is the end of our worlds. <laughs> so, so they live quite far away, um, and uh, and we have this is one of the very first staff meetings, and we had already from Copenhagen we had this joke about overhead projectors, like Ted was sharing yesterday, um, and those actually overhead projector in this uh, meeting room and uh, in this conference room uh, at the library. So we had a lot of fun just about this uh, overhead projector, um, but actually we were kind of standing, uh, we were stripped down um, to just being in Rønne and trying to figure out what would uh, what would this look like. And Carsten came up with an idea about uh, um, a shot or snack, uh, like a shot and a conversation. And from that, like, thousand ideas just uh, emerge and are still emerging uh, this day to day, like if, uh, five years later. Uh, so you maybe you have heard about uh, Burn and Bailey. Yeah, wine and lessons. translation. Or Filua and Forburn, it's another drink. You might have heard about Rau. I don't know. It's it's translated into bottom, or even asshole if you want to. But what 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 is all this about? It's simply just short for Rønne Vineyard. Rau. We just cut it. So we take the, the, the first letters. Um, and what does that mean? I mean, it, it offends Christians, obviously, but that's not why we are there. Um, we are there to see people uh, come to faith. We, and we use that um, very much on the square when we are praying for people. We make pancakes, and then we, um, with the icing, we just uh, write, oh. so they get a ass pancake, I guess. <laughs> um, and what does that mean? Uh, I mean, we, yeah, we, we also have uh, tattoos uh, with, uh, with the same, and we have a lot of fun. I mean, this is have fun while doing it, but what it really does is not just fun. It takes people who are there, they are partying Friday night, and they see some Christians, and they uh, immediately want to tell us who we are and why we are there, but they don't know. Yeah. Uh, and as soon as we step out of their box of uh, being out of evangelism, uh, doing evangelism, and give them a pancake uh, with saying ass, and we uh, give them a bailey and start praying for them, and their their mind is just blown away, and they and that is actually opening their uh, that they're getting interested in what we actually have to say, and uh, that's I think it's a God-giving tool, but it's all about having fun with. with come up with new ideas and new uh, concepts and sometimes we also come up with something we, we thought it was really fun. We came up with, uh, in Copenhagen, that they have a, a bar, a chain of bars called uh, Joe and the Deuce. So we thought we will make Jesus and the Deuce. And we make uh, the logo and everything was very nice and, and we had so much fun until we standing there on the, in the square and no one knew Joe and the Deuce. So Jesus and the Deuce was just like, what is that? Um, and that's the whole thing about finding out where you are. We were in, in Rønne, and that, I don't even know if that will work in Copenhagen, but it, at least if you don't know John the Juice, it's not a funny joke. It's just, uh, who are you? Um, and this whole thing about, we have mentioned before, to, to, to plant Rønne Vineyard in Rønne, and not Copenhagen Vineyard in Rønne, um, and to I would call it be reincarnated into that place. Um, 
Of course, we, we come from another place, but now we're here, and we don't just want to be thought of. Say <laughs> in, in the mom, uh, like uh, some uh, some people from the outside. We b- we bought a house. We're living here. We're investing in this place. This is our home. Uh, this is our new family. This is uh, uh, not just a place we are trying to uh, reach some goals. This is our life. So have fun. Uh, this is a staff meeting. Having fun. Um, it could be a network group. It could be a church service. Uh, it will definitely be on the square um, with a pop-up party uh, praying for people um, but let it be fun and um, we have these two clear visions that uh, Carsten uh, saw, saw in the first place saw the light on the square and spreading out to the city um, and then we have this thing about partying um, and I think it's a, it's a holy thing to party and uh, it is uh, really important for us, and we think it's fun, and people in Rønne think it's fun, and that's probably the most important thing, that uh, they can relate to, to what we're doing, um, because the people we meet would probably not relate to um, old school church, and if they cannot relate, they'll not show up, simply. So, having fun... Um, Definitely important, um, but then what? Um, it's still important to you cannot just party for life and uh, uh, let that be the mission in itself. Um, we need to share our faith, and in order to do that, um, slow down, um, <coughs> and that's actually kind of easy. Um, if you are very much involved in your church, which you probably are, if you're thinking to go plant a church, and if you're not. Start being involved in your church very much, um, else it will be crazy to plant a church. Um, but if you're very much involved, the second you're moving away from the church, your emails stop uh, coming in the same way, at least. Um, you don't have all these different programs you are uh, <coughs> doing all the time. You have this weird wheel, uh, yeah, wheel. Wheel, uh, of things you know you have to do all the time in the church. All of a sudden, you have nothing. You have just uh, a dream, and you're trying to figure out what is important. And you're, uh, you can actually, um, sorry, you can cut the crap. You can go really to what, what is this about? You can go straight to uh, uh, <coughs> what, what you think is the very most important things. Yeah. Uh, and it's so it's so much fun to actually figure out what is the the core of being a church. And you are actually able to slow down, especially if you move far away and move to a small <laughs> island, because you don't have your family, you don't have your uh, friends and all the people you love. And of course, it's a sacrifice. Of course, it is. Uh, <coughs> but it is also a blessing because you have time to invest in new people, and you are desperately for having someone to hang out with on a, a Saturday evening, or uh, you you just need to find friends. Uh, it's not something you know you have to uh, but you already have all your friends and you already have your calendar fully booked and you don't really have the time for these people uh, because you actually have and that is uh, a key I think Um, listen, be present uh, follow the conversation and the agenda Um, I would say follow the opportunities um, 
and not not following the agenda. Um, Hille has already uh, shared a story about um, these uh, mentally handicapped people. It was an, an opportunity God opened up for us, um, and we have seen many things where it was not what we thought when we moved the, moved to Rønne. Um But it's something different, and we love it, and we love the people. <coughs> um, it's just uh, letting God open doors, even close doors. And uh, the agenda is that people will uh, meet Jesus, and they will do that in very different ways. Uh, so we're just open for whatever people bring our way. Find common ground. Um, this thing about being reincarnated uh, into this new town, new city, wherever you're moving. Uh, find common ground, find what, what is important. Uh, at Bonhomme, it's very different than Copenhagen. We call the fairies by name, not just the fairy. It would be Exposit, it would be Max, it would be Hammershus. Um, and people know the difference between the different fairies. What kind of experience I had, it, it was storming and I was with uh, Paul Anker, for example. Um, it's just, I think, find out what, what is important for, for these people. When we just moved there, it was a tree in the roundabout. Very important tree. Everyone was talking about that tree. Get involved with that tree. Talk about that tree. You don't care about that tree. But <laughs> try, try to learn about uh, why they are actually talking about this tree or whatever it is. Um, be a local. Uh, and then uh, empathy. Um, very important. Um, yeah, to, to learn um, how they think, how they feel, how they understand the world. Um, and not just uh, observe it and try to um, write it down or have a distance, like try to feel it, try to be it. Um, because it is very different to live on a small island than to be live in a big city. It just is. Um, and if you're just observing and not living it out, um, I, don't, I think it will be kind of uh, dif um, difficult. And then uh, talk normal, make normal friendships, just uh, uh, love people, going to um, be a part of that tennis club or whatever it is uh, where you're meeting people. Um, I uh, go swimming during the winter, so just learn to sit in that sauna and talk to people, um, share about the church, about Jesus. Um, most of the time just listening and asking what they think is fun and what uh, interests them. And spend time together. And then share a better story. Because it's not enough just to uh, be fun uh, or to have fun and to be a... Uh, a part of your community and your town and make a difference there if you're not sharing the better story. Um, so earn the right to share Jesus uh, in whatever way that will open up. Um, we don't really have a, a program saying these steps or this is the way. Um, because God will open new doors with new people all the time. Anything else as far as I'm very, very good. 
Very good. Um, we can end now. I can also share some stages of church planting. We can also share some uh, videos about people coming to faith. We can also pray. Do you want to see some stages or we can end? stages okay so uh, I have six stages you know if you if you go if you do a poll you know the the old school poll thing uh, you so so here I you cannot see it oh. I'm sorry okay so pre-entry uh, you find a team. You never go without a team. Uh, we don't know what we have done without Catherine and Nadine. We still don't know what we would do without them. Uh, so find a team uh, and expectation match. Carsten <laughs> and me, we sat down with Casper and Nadine and the two other couples who also joined us in the beginning. And we were just saying to them, you know, uh, we just want to make clear what you can expect from us and what we are expecting from you guys. And we are expect you can expect from us that we will um, stick to the vision. You know, people are going to hear about Jesus on the home, and when they when they uh, you know have the need, we will gather for uh, for church services and so on. We will shine that light on Valhom. You can count us, count on us that that is what this church plan is about. And we expect from you that you will support this vision and support us. You know, no power. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, who is you know? I thought this, and I, I thought I was going to be the leader of that or something like that. All that waste of time. You know, so so uh, you know. Um, that is expectation match is really, really important. And then prayer, that's the pre-entry stage. Then the entry stage is, of course, housing, jobs, all of that. It takes time and it takes a lot of time and it's okay. Uh, then gospel stage is where you need to focus. Don't get caught up in, I, I know I've said this many times, but I also mean it. Don't get caught up in services. We think we think that church is services. That's not what Jesus said. He said church is family. He said church is like a body and so on. Um, so don't get caught up in services. Sometimes, you know, churches, they spend 90% of their energy to just run services or 99%. Uh, we have done a lot of like social work, compassion work. Don't get too caught up in that either. You can also get too caught up in that. Find out, you know, what is God doing? And uh, new believers, that's the main audience. They are, uh, they are the focus, you know. What do they need? Okay, that's what we do. Uh, and very important, you know, new believers, that's the DNA of the church. What is the DNA of the church plants? Is it me and Carsten and Casper? No. The DNA is the new believers. That's what we want to reproduce. You know? So, of course, when you get to... I don't have uh, these... Uh, 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 
so so uh, so preach like preach and sow you know just sow and sow and sow and sow and don't count so much and don't focus so much on the harvest you need to sow that's your job and uh, and then when people come to faith this discipleship stage that's so important and so much fun and it takes so much time but it's fine it's fine that's what we do in the small groups that's what we do in the discipleship groups and then out of these people out of the disciples you will find your leaders you know i thought for a long time until yesterday no <laughs> i thought that we had to you know um fly in some mature christian leaders to be, to be the leaders in in our little church now i'm thinking because they're not coming <laughs> <laughs> yes we do have interns and they are that's that's really 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 helpful but i now think you know what what god wants is for for new believers to grow up to mature and then become leaders because they have the dna and they can pass it on and i am uh, humbled again and again because they have something that i don't have we had one guy called anas um you know he he came to faith i think maybe two one two years ago i don't know but when new people come in he has something that i don't have so uh, a few months ago a girl came in and uh, i asked her um, uh, so who invited you and uh, she said well don't you remember two years ago you prayed for me on the square no i don't remember and it took her two years uh to actually you know show up and i did my best to be you know friendly but then she was wondering about prayer and he, and i guess she heard me pray i have been praying for many years but anas he said to her you know think about popcorn so whatever you, you know, pops up in your mind just say that and that was what how she get got started you know with praying and uh, he has the dna that is needed he is among others one of the new leaders and uh, he needs to learn more but uh, you know i'm starting to think that in this leadership we you know the, the process go here you know entry gospel discipleship leadership and then you need for the church formation stage that is you know how to structure the church and all of that you know leadership meetings and uh, all of that uh, but you cannot start here you know you cannot start a church with having formation stage because you need the people you need to invest in <laughs> the first stages you know you cannot if i if i buy a garden i cannot start weeding i need to prepare and then there's a yeah leadership stage so that is the different stages and i think it's important to be in these stages and be patient in these stages and love each stage and not be impatient uh, remember the economy of the kingdom is simple john wimber says 
every time we come to cross a new threshold, it costs us everything we have, we now have. Every new step may cost us all the reputation and security we've accumulated up to that point. It costs us our life. You know, if you plant a church, you need to leave it all behind, start afresh, start afresh. You don't have anything. You don't have anything because you don't know what God wants. You just need to start the gospel phase, start to enter, start to share your faith and see what God is doing. You're totally dependent on God in this way of doing church planting. But it's fun and it's an adventure and you will mature in your faith and it's great. So um, do you have any questions? Uh, if you do, then we can try and uh, talk about that, and then I'll pray, and then you are off to lunch. How long have you been planting? Five, yes. Uh, and all of you are working, you, you, you got regular jobs in the area? I am a little bit, uh, I am a little bit uh, employed, and uh, Carsten gives two days a week for free. Casper gives, I don't know, also something for free. Uh, so um, that's how it works. How do you make new uh, people in the church support and uh, like financially? For us, now we've been going on the Vineyard Osmosis in September last year. And only one person is currently giving something. Since September? Yeah. You are baby. <laughs> I don't think anybody was supporting us uh, within the first year. Only ourselves, of course. We yeah. are tithing. We are giving 10%. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you, you talk about we talk it from the front. Do you also go personally and say, could you consider supporting something like that? Or? Uh, we, had, we had a fundraising when we bought that building. Course we said, you know, uh, it's free to dream, but reality uh, costs money, uh, and everybody understands that. Mm. Most people understand that. Uh, and little by little, I think uh, some people realize that, that uh, you know, it's a part of the party to bring something to the table. Yeah, our, our people are good at bringing food, food for the yeah, table, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but having uh, like uh, supporting financially, and for me it's also a difficult step, maybe because of the culture, maybe yeah. because of, yeah. uh, I don't know if it's Danish culture, if it's just mm -hmm. how I've been raised, but talking about money is mm -hmm. not easy. But it's more easy if you are buying a building, Yeah. because then you can say, you know, if we want this, we just need to fundraise this amount of money. Yeah. But it's always difficult to say, can you pay me? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, isn't it just a part of discipleship when you yeah, yeah, it is. just Other questions? I wanted to ask you, when is your church planting there? And? If we are going to do that, I mean, is there an end like for church planting? And now it's a church there, I don't know. 
<laughs> Probably some people will say that we are a church, but I don't really care so much about that definition. We are like a community for. What is really the definition of a church? You know, I, I've always told, you know, we've had fellowship in our house. I always thought, as long as you have a group of people, three or more, that are committed to, to love the Lord and live with Him together, committed to each other for a certain amount of time, then we're a church. But, you know, or, 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 do you have to, or do you have to widen the, you know, but that's a historical uh, way of thinking, you know. It, Jesus would say, "This is the body of Christ." You know, what you are, what you have in your home is definitely uh, His body, and that's what counts. You know, it's a historical thing how we define church. What is a church? Is it does it have to be in a building and, and so on? Well, Luther had an amazing definition. Like his context was. say one of the party boys in the, the square saying uh, to one of those pop-up parties, whoa, this is like a church because we have wine and blessing and bread the pancakes. And uh, and uh, the guy, he asked me, can I have the communion? I said, and I'm stuck in this old-fashioned thinking. So I said, yes, go and ask Hela. She's the pastor. <laughs> and Hela told me, no, everyone can give communion. Yeah. So I... Uh, I give him the prayer and for, for uh, salvation of sin, and he has the wine and the pancakes, and he feels like this is the communion. Oh, so we have yeah, to pop up party. This is our church. That's yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's everything. Yes. Yeah. It's like tearing down uh, the walls between church and yeah. yeah and it church. is. It and is. It, and, it, and it's it's the church that has built that wall. So it's mm -hmm. our. Yeah. It is. It is. Okay, other questions? Yeah, it, it makes it very uh, radical to think about it, this church because, like you said, David 18 doesn't talk about any meetings at all. No meetings at all. So, uh, in the, I, I give you the example in, in Morocco where I've been. Yeah, many, many years ago, last 15 years. You see people baptized, but within two, three weeks, they leave for work and other things. Perhaps you never see them again. It's a transitional church. You get people who you know Christ, you get them baptized, and they leave. I think it's still a church, even if you never have a fellowship. And same with us, like doing this healing on street for many years. New people got healed. New people. Some people we professed never, no more come to the church. But still, it was church work. Yeah, of course. And you have the same now in many parts of the world, like in, in Pakistan, uh, Pakistan. They have a, within the Muslim society, they have, we're talking about 10,000 well, professional Christ, mm -hmm. but they are still Muslims. Mm -hmm. Because if they leave the Muslim society, or 
So I think this paradigm has to be moved even further now. I think that you can't actually talk about meekness in a traditional way as a church. Because we, which yes, we're working with the drug addicts. And you never get them to the church to come regularly. But there are believers. And you now meet one of the biggest churches in the world on the street. People have been received Christ within the drug addict program. But they never come to a church where mm. there are still believers in the street, perhaps still using drugs. I've been working on the street myself when I started working. And you know, believers everywhere. Okay, I've given up. Because Matthew 28, again, doesn't talk about meetings. It does not talk about meetings. It talks about baptism and teaching and bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> so that's. That's my thoughts now. I told you that I'm close to 70, and the church since I was 15. <laughs> Think about it. Mm -hmm. And I've seen so many churches. And you talk about Nigeria, we look there, and the same there, there you had an explosion of believers for uh, 15 years ago, but then you have 36 uh, churches closed. What do people do? Thanks. Last I'm question. I'm interested in doing the same concept in our town. We're yeah. a town of 70,000. Yeah. How big is our town? 14. 14. Um, we have this beautiful new park that's been designed yeah. in the center yeah. to yeah. garage yeah. or gather. Yeah. My question is, um, how? so I, I imagine the first interaction with people, where do you leave them after? Uh -huh. like, when you part, yeah. Do you say that for us next week? No, I, I, I will. I, I personally, we do it a little bit different. I, if I feel this is a connection, you know, we, 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 uh, we actually met, yeah. you know, and something happened, or you know, mm -hmm. I will always uh, ask if I can be friends with them on Facebook, yeah. because then <laughs> you can write to them and invite them for, for a small group yeah. or, or or something like that. I would do that. Um, that's my. Uh, on the teams doing, doing it like that, so you know, we uh, we have developed different styles uh, of, you know, sharing our faith. Mm -hmm. Carsten is very bold. He do it in another way that I, I cannot do it in his way, but I'm trying to do it in my way, yeah. and um, so I will follow up. I'm the follow up mm -hmm. type of person. Um, and now and then uh, they show up, you know. And sometimes it's surprising who is showing up. Uh, yeah. But it's to help them have stepping stones that is not too challenging. You know, you cannot meet somebody, uh, give them a pancake, and then a Sunday service. You know, you have to have yeah. some kind of stepping stones. But then also, it's a spiritual thing. They need to meet God, yes. simply. They, they, need, they need a spiritual experience. Yeah. Well, if you're part of an established church that's evangelizing, you can just invite them to Christ. Bring them, it may fit them. Yeah, it may fit them. Yeah. Because nobody's asking for Sunday service. Nobody's asking for Sunday service. <laughs> we are asking for it. We think, uh, many, many Christians, they think, if you go to a Sunday service two or three times a Months and you are Christian. Mm -hmm. So how do you, uh, what do you do then? Do you have many cell 
small groups? I, uh, we have a priority list, uh, me and Karsten. Uh, first priority is the square. We will be a part of that. Yeah. That is the last thing we will close down. Then it's small groups. Yeah. And then maybe Sunday services and different kinds of other things. But, but the main thing is to get out there. And discipleship that happens in small groups. But it's fun to gather on Sundays, and we have a band and so on. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, God is moving, definitely. But it's not attractional for people who are outside church. Okay, let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you have not given up on uh, the Nordic countries, but you are eager to uh, use us to reach out to your people and invite them to your party. And God, uh, we just uh, give ourselves to you. We want to be your tools. We want to be uh, uh, people who are ready to leave our comfort zone and to uh, risk uh, to, to go out and invite people and share the good news and what you have done for, for them. And that you love them so much and that you want to be their heavenly loving father and that you want to be faithful to them and you have a place for them in heaven and God um, we have um, you see we it's difficult for us it's difficult for us it's challenging uh, and we need you so much and I pray for these guys I pray God that you will just um, help us all to look up and look into your face and look into your eyes that, that is full of love and just uh, help us to understand the spiritual truth about our task and about the whole situation. And uh, help us to understand uh, your calling. Mm -hmm. what, you, uh, what you called us to do when you gave us a great commandment. How we can implement that in 2022 in our countries and in our uh, towns and cities and among our friends. God, help us, help us, help us. We need you uh, every second in this task. We cannot do it in our own strength at all. So I pray for all these people. I pray you will fill them with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you will fill them with your joy. And it's just exciting that with you, everything can happen. Amen. Amen.